0: Behind closed
1: doors This is Beer and Bee Movies I'm Jason And I'm Michael Jason, what movie are we talking about today? Today we're going to discuss RKO's 1951 The
0: Whip Hand Michael, what are we going to be drinking today? Oh boy, today We are proud to be drinking The Baltic Maple Porter from Ennegrin Brewing Company Did they sponsor this? They sure did great place up in moore park we've talked about it before we're, we're gonna plan a trip yep. the two of us to get there i've been there a few times it's so much fun german themed great lagers this baltic maple porter baltic porter is gonna be a little higher abv they're a little roasty you know they're made in the style of lager this one has maple syrup and then it's aged in uh with sugar maple spirals it's roasty the maple syrup's coming through it's a little sweet. It is nine one. When you taste this, you know this is a bigger oh, beer. Yeah. But it, it's a little. It's kind of sweet. Baltic. This because this movie does take place in the, during the Cold War, and it's about sneaky Russians yeah. trying to you know hide. You Ruskies. Know, <laughs> Ruskies. The Reds. The commies. The commies is actually dropped. You know the Baltic states. They were behind the Iron Curtain, so it kind of fits. And know what also fits? German style beer. This movie originally
1: was going to be called The Man He Found, and it didn't deal with secret commies infiltrating the U.S. It was Nazis. So, hey, it's a twofer. Howard
0: Hughes was a producer on this, and he had a real loathing. (laughs) for RKO Studios. Yeah. (laughs) And he just, he hated the the commies. And he said, no, 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 The, the Nazis aren't a threat anymore. It's the Russians. It's the Reds. And it works. I would like to see what it would be like with the, the original source material following that. But it totally works. It's an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. And I'm going to say it right up front. First of all, spoiler alert, from this point on, this is your choice. It is. Defend your choice. Okay, so <laughs> I have a book called Death on the
1: Cheap, The Lost B Movies of Film Noir. I do not consider this a film noir. This was in it? <laughs> it was in it. And then I found a used copy at
0: a Goodwill store. So I picked it up. It's a B-movie. It's, oh, it's a B-movie. <laughs> Although it's interesting because, you know, usually B-movies, it falls in a genre. This is like Cold War, not a noir. Cold They're War, no kind way.
1: of a mystery, but it's definitely not a noir. And I don't know why. Spy I, movie. I've looked up other noir lists and they list this movie. That's so wrong. I think part of it is that... Nicholas Musaraka, exactly. And it's the fifth <laughs> Nicholas Musaraka movie that we've done, and he's known for film noirs. I want to say on this one, kind of called this one in a little bit. As I, this, this was a paycheck. He was t- he was
0: taking some of that Hughes Green, you know? No, because it is. He, I mean, he's fantastic. We have we've done a, a, a number out of the past. The Hitchhiker. Out of the Past, one of the great film noirs of all time. Shot wonderfully The Hitchhiker. That's a great movie. No, he's fantastic. By far in the lead for people who show up in movies we've done. Uh, I think Vincent Price still leads as an actor. Yeah. I think we have three. So, Jack Elam. Jack Elam. two. Elijah Cook Jr. Well, I mean, he's in everything. Oh, that's right, true. He's in everything. I, I think he's in every damn movie. So <laughs> I, I think he might be one of the victims <laughs> in the experiment lab in this movie. Exactly he <laughs> did. Did I just get in this? No, I, it is not a film noir. I don't know exactly how I would classify it a thriller, something, spy thriller. movie, yeah. you know? Yeah. Sit in the heartland? Winoga, so, is it Minnesota? No, Winoga, um, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. We're in a little town in Wisconsin that doesn't exist. Yeah. There is a Winona, Minnesota. This is kind of my area. This is, your, your, this uh... is where I grew up. And let me tell you, <laughs> Did you, there's a lot of this stuff. Those stories <laughs> ran, ran fast about little towns that <laughs> emptied out and then filled up with Russian operatives. The title is called The Whip Hand. It's an awful title. (laughs) Because when you told me, like when you first told me, I I just went, what the hell kind of name is that? It doesn't make sense. The whip hand is, I looked it up, it's for horse riding. Yes. It's the hand you literally, I think, hold the whip in and slap the horse. And the click wheel meaning is that it's an advantageous or controlling position,
1: which I still, uh, it doesn't make
0: Lewis? We've got a Baltic maple porter. We're already getting into it. So I don't think things are going to get any more clear from this point on. I just
1: think that once they change it from Nazis to commies and they change the title, they're like, let's just call it the whip hand. And people are like, that sounds good.
0: You know who did it? It was Howard Hughes because he's the only one who could say that and not get laughed out of the room. Yeah exactly howard hughes came in with his kleenex boxes on his feet and he just just went it's gonna be called the whip and everyone sir and he's like oh have you dropped out of a plane (laughs) because they did have to do reshoots and you'll notice some of these things because every once in a while there's someone that sounds a lot more like a german nazi than a red guy that threw me i'm I, i did not read up on that i'm glad you did because every so often there would be somebody who would be yelling or saying something in a Clear, like uh, Russian or German. Yeah, it's a Russian or German accent. They're very, they are different. I'm not going to say I don't can't tell the difference, but it's like sometimes it's not a German, or it's sounded like somebody maybe trying to do a Russian accent. I don't know, but it's it's really bad. Well, the beginning, I do have to say, this movie grew on me. The beginning is interesting the voiceover and then we're in uh, the kremlin and there's a man he's speaking russian there's no subtitles but there's a huge map of the united states and he's you can tell it's and it's actually a nice little piece of storytelling because you're able to figure out he's pointing to all the major cities and sort of like no 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 and then he's no he goes to the heartland he points to wisconsin and you kind of go oh they're not going to go to new york they're going to this small town i mean it's it's not a big thing i mean i'm find myself defending this movie and why why would i do that and then we go to our quote-unquote hero matt corbin who's who's bad fisherman because he's fishing on a day when there's like huge thunderstorms in the midwest rolling through and even when it starts raining he's still trying to fish which is dumb you just if you get up in the morning and you see this kind of weather coming and even back then you have an idea what the weather's going to be you're not going to fish. You don't fish in rain. Donald. And he stumbles, knocks his head. Loses his creel. Yeah. I love the word creel. Yeah, though. It's so great. It's I had a, to
1: look it up. Never heard that term before. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I knew what a creel was. So you're like, <laughs> that was a good creel that he lost. Oh, well, I, okay, this, on some levels, this guy sucks. Because <laughs> he slips and he bumps his head on a tree and loses his creel. And when I first watched it, I thought, oh, he's going to have amnesia. That's going to be the story. But he doesn't. He just gets in his car, turns the wrong way. He's he's on some weird road. Like, this isn't even a road, it's like a path through the woods and the mud.
1: At first, this setting is kind of like a scary movie. It's a
0: story. Don't expect Boris Karloff. Yeah, exactly.
1: Called the Whip Hand, you have no idea. (laughs) Maybe there's a <laughs> 90- madman whippy people who show up at his estate. Yes.
0: A ghostly hand yeah. <laughs> that was severed by a man who brutally murdered his wife, and you now this ghost hand is whipping people. And, and should we say point out that if you're fishing, you should follow the buddy
1: system? You know, this wouldn't have happened if he had someone out there fishing with him. It's totally true. Like hiking. <laughs> but it's it's or
0: swimming, Jason. What I love is that the guy has a little cut on his forehead. Yeah, this sends him into a tizzy that he has to have this thing looked at cuz he does he ignores the private property no trespassing pulls up to a gate where there are these like german shepherds the dog guard dogs yeah. and then this rude man comes out and says you know hey this is private property and matt corbin this is the main guy he's sort of a smart aleck from the get go because he's told this is private property he goes well i'm not going to take any yeah <laughs> And the guy goes, you know, you just move along. And he says, do you mind if, hey, take care of this yes. first, this little cut on my forehead? Yes. And he's holding his hand or It's like, wow, what a drama queen this guy is. The dude's like, you can't come in. And finally, he just reaches over and pulls out a shotgun. <laughs> As it's like, this is punctuating our conversation, pal. And he's, whoa, need to get to Winoga. And he's like, go back and take a right. Yeah. He goes back and he drives into
1: town. He pulls up and asks the guy. And I think it's, is it Nate. Nate, yeah. Nate, who's one of our ne'er do wells in the town, he's like, "Hey, look at my forehead. Where's the closest doctor?" And right off, if Nate is the first person you meet in town, it is not a friendly town.
0: Even the actor has a slight weaselly quality to him. He's, we find out, he's always snooping. He's always spying. He's a snitch.
1: A commie snitch.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But dude, again, he's got to see a doctor. He can't just like drive back to a regular town, or you know. Pour some alcohol on it and be on your way. He's like, oh, I got to have this little cut in my head looked at. Do we even know Matt's plan? I mean, he was fishing for the day, but clearly hasn't
1: checked into He's on vacation. He hasn't checked into a hotel or anything. I mean I don't understand like what else is like well I, I have to find a doctor now for my scratch on my forehead.
0: <laughs> imagine your dad. Yeah. Imagine, imagine one of our dads go, "Walk it off." <laughs> dad, I got to go to the doctor. Yeah. We got to stop fishing. We got to stop our trip. I need to go to a doctor. I got a little cut on <laughs> yeah. my forehead. I don't think that would go over so well. Yeah, so sh- nor so should it. It no, doesn't no. seem like that serious of an injury. No. So he shows up to Dr. Keller's
1: doctor office. Yeah, Old-fashioned, where the doctor had his office in his house. And he goes in. The doctor's not there. But Janet, at this point you think maybe it's just the nurse or assistant there, is going to clean up Corbin's wound.
0: It's one of the first sort of, oh, looks. Because when she opens the door and sees him, she has a look of surprise. because We don't she, get a lot of
1: strangers
0: she, Yes, here. she's not expecting to see anyone
1: she doesn't know. The doctor finally shows up. And right off, Corbin, first of all, I have to point out, Corbin thinks himself quite the suave guy. And right off, you know that Janet's going to be the romantic lead in this. But you don't need a romantic lead in this at all. No. It doesn't serve a it lot of plot no points. It makes no sense. No. She really doesn't do anything to progress the plot. But right off, Corbin's like, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Now <laughs> I'm going to stay in this town for a little while. And he's telling her about this encounter with the dogs and yeah. stuff, and her brother walks in yeah. and they basically they're like, Oh, well, that's just old Peterson. Yeah. He's the guy with the vicious dogs and the grumpy dude that waves a shotgun at you. Yeah. He likes his privacy, that's why he came in. <laughs> the privacy thing's a big deal. It's a mania yeah. with this guy. Later he describes it as a mania. But I don't know what his role in this attire there's a lot of people have roles in this. It's Come a cast on. of thousands. <laughs>
1: cast a yeah. we need about three people her brother dr is it edward keller who shows up yep he is dressed in what i think now as your traditional nazi spy outfit black raincoat black fedora brown
0: glasses from raiders of the lost car exactly Top. you know <laughs> he, he was so awesome he's like one of the great <laughs> villains of all time you know gets the medallion the headpiece to yeah. the staff of Raleigh gets half of it burnt into his hand. And he's like, ah, no, Fraulein. <laughs> so right off, I'm thinking, this guy's a bad guy. <laughs> Immediately. He's sending the vibes. And then you go, oh. And Matt has to figure out, because he goes, oh, Mrs. Keller. He has to like sne- yeah. sneak his way. Mrs. she's like, oh, no. That's my brother. Matt, is he's all-American, apple pie kind. He's a little smarmy and sometimes a little creepy and, uh-huh. and irresponsible.
1: The doctor agrees that I'm going to take you to the end. You could stay there tonight. Um, I don't know why he needs to stay someplace for a woman like that. No, same, no I, I, wrote, I wrote the same
0: thing. I wrote like, the same does they thing. Does he have a concussion
1: or something that are yeah. not seeing? No,
0: here, I'm going to clean you up. You're good to go, bud. Yeah. But no, he goes to Loomis' Inn, where we meet, for me, the best part of this movie. Raymond Burr, the only actor I think that kind of stands out. Yeah. Raymond Burr, we all, Perry, Mason, Perry Mason, Ironside. Ironside. You know. He's playing a bad guy here. Yeah. Does a great job. Oh, absolutely. He's the owner of this inn and he's super jovial. He's one of those guys that sort of, (laughs) he's always got a little chuckle going and he punctuates everything with like, (laughs) oh, and this is when we find out that Matt, okay, this is how bad of a fisherman this guy is. He picked an area in Wisconsin where all the fish are dead. And I'm not kidding. (laughs) All the fish are dead. They're like, dude, you're not going to get any fish. They all died of a virus years ago. Nobody's heard of this. You would think if that happened, like all the fish died. First of all, you'd have all these signs. They'd be trying to figure out, well, we got to stop this from happening and spreading because if all the fish start dying everywhere, that's a huge problem. Matt's just kind of like, what the heck? And Loomis is like, well, this is your problem. He pulls out Matt's guidebook.
1: It's like dated from 1945. It's six years out of date.
0: But he's got a place for you just down south. Oh, yeah. Well, Loomis is like, oh, I got a place. He's like, "This uh, is this uh, out of date too? And he goes, no, no. Nope. 1951, Mr. Corbin and they, you know what, Jason, there's so many trout down there, they take turns swimming (laughs) all this homespun folksy charm oh, oh, absolutely but
1: (laughs) But it's the first big lie, too, because Loomis insinuates that they stayed
0: as people departed Mm -hmm. later on, we learn, like, that's, that's a lie it's an odd thing when you are trying this whole scheme that you would tell a lie that's so easily disproved
1: I think they honestly feel this time, like, tomorrow morning we're be gone.
0: Yeah, oh, they want him out of town, which, again, I go back to the doctor, that when he goes upstairs to his room, they should have all been going to Keller and saying, why didn't you, didn't tell this guy, you bandaged him up, he got a little scratch on his head. You put a little one stitch in there and you send him on his way. Matt
1: says, has anyone ever done a story on Winoga? (laughs)
0: Loomis is like, what
1: are you, you know, a newspaper man? He's like, well... I'm actually I write for American View.
0: Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the plot and he likes
1: this yarn of a town that becomes a ghost town because of fish, not because a mine goes dead. Also everybody's like dun 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 There's like this heaviness that fills the room He's was like, Oh great, we don't need someone around here yeah. digging into our past writer types. <laughs> yeah. And
0: meanwhile Chick, yeah. who's sort of Nate we met earlier, yeah. Chick is sort of they're kind of a partner, they're a yeah. duo. He's bringing Matt's stuff in, and Matt's got a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking. Where was he go? <laughs> I, I, maybe he travels and sleeps in his car. Yeah. It saves him some money. Yeah. He's like, just let, affords him time to fish. But Chick comes in, and Chick has the constant suspicious look on his face. This is the guy that he wants nothing to do with Matt, and it's the first of like many suspicious looks because Matt goes upstairs, and as soon as he's out of sight, Loomis and Chick. Their heads turn and you see this a lot. This is the drinking game. This movie is worth watching because it's a drinking game. Their heads turn, they're looking up after Matt with those super suspicious look, Like if Matt popped his head back down, I was like, oh, by the way, what time? Oh! You know what I mean? You just see these people all staring up menacingly at him. But throughout this movie, Jason, I think it even might start before this, it's just constant. Every time Matt turns his back, everyone like quickly looks at him. Whoa, what's he up to now? If you were watching this, every time one of the residents did the sneaky look or the suspicious look, whatever you want to call it. Drink. You have to drink. It's an hour and twenty minutes. If you made it to an hour and twenty minutes, you can hang with us. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you'd be doing it with this Baltic maple porter. No. I mean, you need you need some sea legs. You yes. would need some hearty sea legs. <laughs> Now, Chick, like we said, spoiler Chick's going to die in the
1: movie. And honestly, I feel he dies because he's a litter bug. There's like <laughs> casual littering in this movie that you don't see a lot anymore, where people unwrap a stick of gum and just throw the trash on the ground. Every,
0: every time I see that in an old movie, it, it just really it's, jars it's me. Exactly. And I mean, we both grew up in a time, it really wasn't acceptable to like do that. Yeah. There was a time when people would just take their gum wrapper and toss it. Yeah. Or they'd be done with something, they'd go, I'm just going to drop this year.
1: And I think because when we were growing up, there was so many commercials in day, it's like, don't litter. Give a hoot. Don't pollute. And all the stuff. And it's become a societal norm. where well, you don't see those anymore. But So when you see someone just like throwing stuff on the ground, you're like, whoa, in a lake, dude.
0: In a lake. Yeah. The guy's sitting on the, the banks of a beautiful lake where all the fish are dead. And he just throws his gum wrapper in there. And Chick does look like, if they
1: were really going for the old, like the original plot, he does look like a Nazi. Not- he looks like your Aryan Nazi, this blonde guy. And he has a super bad attitude.
0: <laughs> I did not look up this actor. Yeah. It would not shock me, though, if at some point... He played a Nazi soldier. Because yeah. he does. Blonde hair, tall, yeah. handsome fellow. Yeah. Anyway, so, don't so, want to get bogged yeah. down in the Nazis. Yeah, exactly. Yes. we got enough commies to deal with yes. in this movie.
1: <laughs> so Corbin goes up to his room. He's looking out the window. And he looks at a delivery truck that's delivering stuff at the Adams General Store across the way. And we meet Luther. Yes. Luther Adams, owner of said store. And as soon as the delivery driver comes in, we see <laughs> Nate. Just run in and just watch the guy. And it's an odd scene because I'm thinking, if that was my story, I'd be like, "What, you know, get out of here, dude. And Every Nate's time. Just, just eagle-eyed him. Watched him, like, sitting, like, so close he could look at the invoice
0: or the bill of lading. <laughs> because Luther and the delivery man are having this fun little yeah. conversation. Obviously know each other. This guy delivers all the stuff. Yeah. They're having a great little conversation. Suddenly when Nate pops up, Luther just goes silent. And the delivery man doesn't quite, he just picks up that Luther is quiet. He makes a comment about it. You know, you're the chattiest guy in the county or whatever. There's a clear issue with Luther and Nate being there. And we find out when the delivery driver leaves and Luther starts kind of telling him, if I was 30 years younger, I'd throw you out myself. And as Nate leaves, there's a huge barrel (laughs) of biscuits, they call them, and he grabs a handful and Luther says, no, don't you take no biscuits. And Luther, Nate takes his handful and throws them back into the buck in the barrel. And we see the delivery man, when he leaves, he grabs and he's like, see you later, Luther. And he takes a biscuit, not a problem. Nate takes them, it's a problem, but he throws them back in, which is kind of gross. And I had to ask, ask you you know was that comment for barrels there were not giant wooden crackers. barrels of biscuits or crackers jason <laughs> did you have them out here no <laughs> I, just,
1: I don't make it was just odd see because it was like this giant i mean i think they're calling biscuits but i think they're saltine crackers they seem like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. crack
0: I, a biscuits kind of more fun yeah. i'm like yeah. what kind of odd biscuit is that <laughs> no and maybe there was a time where there were just huge barrels I mean just imagine kids putting their hands in there and digging it's just gross you know I sat at a bar and, like reached yeah. into a bowl of pretzels and yeah. I'm like that I don't do it so much anymore, but there was a time I would just do that. I kept thinking, I went, so at the end of the night, does he cover those? <laughs> like, I started doing, doing with- that. I'm like, he's going to have a real pest the, problem. There's a question those, going those, on. Those town. mice are going to get in there if you don't <laughs> cover those and seal it. Now we're, we're getting a little more of like something weird is going yeah. on in Winoga. It's not just the sneaky, suspicious <laughs> looks and the little conversation. There. Or the Peterson compound. And, and it's not everyone. It's not every citizen. Exactly.
1: Corbin, having seen this. Matt decides to walk down and go and visit the general store. Matt comes down. He sees that it's a movie night in the town. And this is the only other time that you see a large amount of people in the town. Otherwise, you're really left with the doctor and his, his sister, the Loomises. And by, the... by the
0: way, by large, you mean 20 people. Yes.
1: <laughs> Chick walks down and Matt's trying to be an affable person and says, Hey, you know, what's the movie playing? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I haven't seen it. I mean, Chick is just not a friendly person.
0: Yeah, very standoffish. If I was Matt, this this woman is such an attractive woman. That's not enough to keep me in this place. No. I mean, I've, I've had enough You know, rudeness yeah. that I'd go, I, my head injury is okay.
1: It's that journalist bug. So Luther's. he goes
0: over to Adam's general store because he needs a
1: new creel for his next day fishing. Because he lost
0: it yeah. when he wimped out <laughs> and bumped his little head.
1: And Matt starts talking to Luther.
0: Who's chatty at, now. Is chatty no, now. Nate's
1: not around. It's clear that the Loomises actually only moved in with a lot of other new people only four to five years ago. Matt's mm. like, well, that seems strange. People moving in when the town is dead. And he goes, also, I got the impression they've been here for a long time. And Luther's like, no, no, no. And then once again, creepy Nate shows up to check on what's going on. And the conversation comes to a stop.
0: And he makes a vague threat. When Matt leaves... He says, I need some meat biscuits yeah. for my dog. Tells Luther, there's nothing like a good dog. And it's this like, little know your thing. place. Yeah. yeah, and it's a vague threat to Luther. The old, a nice business. Be yeah. a shame if something happened to him. Exactly. It. So it's a little yeah. mob activity yeah. going on there. But Matt sees Janet walk into the movie theater and he
1: thinks, this is going to be my chance. Oh, I just met this nurse. And he just shows up and sits
0: right there. Next to her in the movie theater. <laughs> it's pretty forward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for the time. And here's the thing. When he first sees her, she gives this weird look of surprise and says, I wasn't expecting anyone. And never gives any indication after that that yeah. I'm kind of into you. <laughs> yeah,
1: she gives no hints that he should proceed with approaching her at all. Like
0: nothing. <laughs> he sees Loomis show up and like, call the doctor. Dr. Keller over. They converse a little bit. And then they leave. His eagerness for the story trumps his eagerness for the ladies. I'm going to leave now. And he goes to, to follow them and sees Loomis and Keller. They come back across the lake in a boat. And they get out. And Keller, has some, he has some reservations about whatever it is that's going on. Whoever is in the boat says something along the lines of the plan goes exactly. Is that Dr. Wilhelm Buchholz I, in the boat? <laughs> yes. And, and I think it's odd that it's him taking them, ferrying them back and forth. Why would it be him? He's, he's, first of all, he's supposed to be hiding out. Yeah. Second of all, isn't that why you have guards and henchmen? And
1: what does Peterson have to do with this?
0: It's good boy. Well, we're going to get to that. But no, he says something like the, the, plan, the plan goes exactly as it is. But Keller's having some issues. Loomis is putting him straight. Saying, you know, dude, you know what we were signed up for. And so when they go back... Corbin's going to
1: play his card. He's sitting at the bar inside the inn, pouring himself a drink. Very forward, you know, just... Helping myself behind the bar, which is a position of power. And so he pours a beer for Dr. Keller and for Loomis. You can feel the tension there. (laughs) And he says, hey, I saw you guys on that powerboat.
0: No, you didn't. Yeah, and that's what the they like. No, you didn't. <laughs> this is pretty much it's like a Monty Python bit. Yeah. It, it's like, no, you guys are out there. No, I wasn't. Yeah. We didn't.
1: We, we were helping Nate's wife. Yeah, she was sick. Yeah, <laughs>
0: he's <laughs> like, oh, oh, and and Lewis is being all. He starts like doing Matt that. You're not a good doctor because maybe your head still bothered yeah. you. Sounds like you're not quite ready, there, buddy. <laughs> and then when Matt leaves drink yeah <laughs> because, stare. because they both do the turn like oh this guy and it's a good angle at the time because they're
1: like kind of looking up at front away from the bar and that's when thing was like oh that's a pretty decent shot and everything like that
0: you're really stretching <laughs> 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 this is not nicholas museraka's finest no, 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 he, this was a paycheck could probably even admit it. this was a paycheck <laughs> so I mean, now we're at morning. And you know what? Everyone's excited. They're all gathered at the bottom of the stairs. Ready to see them off. He's out of here. And he comes down and he's kind of slappable. Because he comes down he's got this smarmy look on his face. And the great thing is, is Loomis is standing there with like cup of coffee. Yeah. Like he's going to walk this dainty cup of coffee up to him. Like, ready? Here's your
1: coffee it. on your way out. Yep.
0: A little coffee to get you going. Yeah. Get you out. Get you the hell out of this town of weirdness. He comes down. And he's just standing there. Almost like he's up above and It's almost yeah. like he's making this grand announcement yeah. where he's like, Oh, yeah. Really sorry to do this to you, but I'm going to stick around. Yeah. I that think there's story. a there's a
1: yarn here. There's a story here I want to
0: yeah. investigate. With, with a cool title. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to go take a little... Turn around and take some pictures. And Loomis sends
1: Chick to follow him.
0: The great thing is, is when he leaves Chick, he gets a little little sassy because he's like, Yeah, he's going to be leaving in a few minutes, huh? Why don't we just like knock him on the head, basically? Like, let's kill him. And I'm thinking, Yeah, it seems to be, you know, if you're in that sort of situation, but he's sort of letting Loomis know, like, your way doesn't work. But Loomis says, Follow him, don't hurt him. Just keep an eye on him. I'm basically like, Chick, don't go out and kill this guy. (laughs) Not
1: (laughs) yet, at least. Don't kill him. So you saw, I don't know, maybe a crowd of dozen, maybe a dozen and a half people at the movie theater last night. Now it's during the day, and that town looks like a dilapidated ghost town. It is. There's
0: no one walking the streets. Nobody. (laughs) But Matt decides he's going to go down to the hatchery where they used to have the fish, and he's taking pictures just looking like a dork. I'm sorry. He just looks like a dork.
1: I don't think that. He knows knows how to use the camera. I don't. Just snap, <laughs> snap, snap,
0: snap, and Ch- and chicks follow him. And Matt knows I'm being followed. Well, because chick does. He's never. It's followed the Scooby Doo. It's yeah. the Scooby Doo <laughs> thing where you're like half your body is poking out <laughs> from around the corner of something, and then you go, oh, <laughs> it's like very obvious. So he ends up, you know, dodging them. He loses them and sneaks back onto the property, which he had to
1: drive from that property to the town. And now he's able to walk to that property and get underneath
0: the fence. Yep. Reminds me a little of the Haunted Palace. Yes. How people would just bop out to, they had to drive to the palace and then they could walk out there. You you
1: had a motorboat to the palace at one time.
0: (laughs) They had to use the boat. So I don't know how he got there unless, you know, he's really fit, did some running. No idea. But he gets there, crawls under the fence. We get a little high tech thing because there's a camera that catches him. Oh, yeah. And it leads to some like little witty banter. And, but he sees something very odd in that compound. He sees something that would, if it was me, Jason, I would probably go. I need to leave now. Yeah. This is above my pay grade because he is. He's looking down. There's there's a like a courtyard with all these people that look sick and they're wrapped up. And there's a doctor kind of doing whatever to them. And then suddenly a guard runs out. And this is one of the few times Matt is sort of does a smart thing because he realizes ooh, that might be about me. Because yeah. the guard runs up to, to the doctor, and says something, in and they're he goes, oh, and he hides his camera. And then as he's climbing down, gunshot. Now, later on we learn
1: that Matt has written a famous piece in American View Magazine in an April edition. Called, 1946, um, April 1946. 12th. April about 12th, 1946. Dr. Wilhelm Buchholz. That's him. Yeah, that's the guy. And Matt's looking at
0: Yep. and still doesn't dawn on him he's still not making that connection no yet. no it did not sink in it doesn't sink in for a little bit it doesn't sink like it takes a while you know what does sink in though <laughs> oh this integrin baltic the- maple porter the- cheers again cheers this is so tasty. I'm a big fan of this beer. Yeah, it was very yeah. generous of a oh, yeah. Marie to get this to me. She's been very cool. Such a great spot. There's like a little alleyway. I think I mentioned this before. And like There's a little coffee shop cafe across the alley. Their menu meshes great with their beers because there's like sausage plates and brats and you can get a pretzel. So it goes with that German kind of... Out- there's the outdoor seating. Uh, there's a little winery you know, little shops along this alleyway. It's like a, it's a cool little place to visit. It's such a cool spot. You know, personally, I mean, just, you know, being Midwest with my blood, um, I have to go there during certain months because Park could get really hot. So I can only imagine what August is like there. I might melt. (laughs) That's just me. I don't know. Like you've had some of their stuff. They do some amazing beers. Thank you guys so much for... Supporting us, the little podcast that could. I never want to see the calories of this beer. No, no, I can't. This, I, I, like, I can Yeah, that's, that is one thing I like is that they don't make breweries put the calories, the, on. the nutrition <laughs> on the side of the beer because I I don't need to know that. Just, <laughs> adding up your carbs every day. <laughs> not when I'm doing this. Not at all. <laughs> So Matt gets busted right off the bat. He's just kind of this like sassy little guy where he's like, "Oh, well, you get a, you guys get extra for tourist pelts." He is a swarmy guy. The actor's name is
1: Elliot Reed. I remember him from because he played another very swarmy, character in these old Disney movies, these absent-minded professor movies, where he was the nemesis of Fred McMurray. He played the, the character Ernie in Gentlemen Prefer Blonde and. He has a great interview in Tom Weaver's book. I'll link to it somewhere.
0: <laughs> During the interview, he's asked,
1: Tom Weaver asked, Hey, now the fun is over. Let's talk about the whip hand. And Elliot replies, I think there's enough sadness in everyday life without discussing the whip hand. And then he laughs, of course. I thought that was very tell. He seems like a funny guy. I, the whole interview is great. It talks about his career and everything like that. But
0: I do think that's a great yeah. response. <laughs> you know because i don't dislike this movie this movie it's like this isn't essential but it's funny to hear that the main character yeah. sort of <laughs> views it that way he's not taking himself too seriously and he, and he's not offended no. you know by he's, he's like i made a silly little movie, <laughs> movie. that's actually great for a drinking game exactly. I, I almost sounds to me like if he was here he would go that's a good idea yes this is a drinking game movie
1: because yeah. even points out interview he said, you know, this is supposed to be a tough guy character along the Robert Mitchum role." And, and we goes, have to
0: say, when you see this guy, he is not tough.
1: He's not. And he said, he goes, I'm a comedian at heart. I'm not a tough guy character.
0: You, you said it, he, he mentioned specifically Robert Mitchum. He which, does specifically which, Robert, Robert Mitchum. Robert Mitchum is a hero on this podcast. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And Robert Mitchum is a man's man. Yeah. It does make sense. Because some of the lines, he delivers them in this kind of smarmy way yeah. where Robert Mitchum would deliver them in a cool way. Yeah. Although it's, it would be really hard to sell to me. Robert Mitchum bumps his head a little on a tree, loses his Creole, and has to stay overnight because his little head got bumped. Like if
1: they were remaking this, they should have like broke his arm or something like that. Yeah, because he could still take pictures and he could still do all the stuff. He'd just be down like a wing. Yeah, Um, it would make more sense where he had to see a doctor because he's not fighting. No,
0: there's no real fighting in in this movie.
1: There's a choking scene that he could
0: probably still joking. You could find another way for Robert Mitchum to knock someone out, you know, kill him, the litter bug. So he he gets caught. These guys, they have this little back and forth. He's like, "Hey, how'd you know I was here?" And they because these guys have him at gunpoint, and they're like, "You know, you need to go. You're not supposed to be here." He's like, "Oh, I didn't know." And he goes, "Hey, one more one question." They indulge this guy. I mean I'd go, What are you talking about? One more question, Mr. No Gun. You know, you get your ass out of here. I will shoot you. But he says, you know, how'd you know I was here? They're like, Ah, we got squirrels sitting in a yeah. smoke <laughs> it's this great banter. That that is probably the only thing that is noir is the idea of like, How'd you know I was here? Then squirrels send a smoke signals. Yeah. Only thing that's snar. So he leaves, and then all of a sudden, Chick shows up. And Chick goes, hey, did you take his camera? And they go, he didn't have no camera. You didn't search the guy. Well, no, they did. They pat him down loosely.
1: And, and this is interesting, because these guards, there's a whole bunch of different types of guards. There has to be a hierarchy, because these are towny guards. They're clearly American communists. Or they're just, they're like the people who work on the Death Star. They're just hired. They don't know what they're doing. But these guys... These are the people. These are the people. Yeah. <laughs> And one of them does pat, um, really quickly, does pat okay. um, All pat right. down. Thank you. But still, the same thing. Like They didn't ask him, like, hey, what were you doing up here? They buy his lies, like, I was just hiking through.
0: I will be honest. In my lifetime, when I'm hiking, I have crossed fences. I wasn't sneaking onto Russian compounds. secret la-
1: labs. <laughs> if
0: I got caught, I never did. But if I did get caught, I'd play stupid and say, ah, I didn't know. Didn't see anything. So, anyway. Do you think
1: that... The town has already informed the compound, like, hey, we have an issue. Because it sounds like they already know that there's an issue that there's this journalist in town. So you think they should have told the guards, like, hey, listen, you see this guy wandering around? Don't take any lip from him. Just get him back the other direction.
0: He deserved at least a gun butt to the yeah. face. <laughs> For his troubles. (laughs) Just, hey, you know that bump in your head? It's going to get a lot worse.
1: The chick ends up trying to... He's like, he definitely had a camera. I'm going to find it. We need
0: to find it. (laughs) So Janet has decided... She's confronting her brother. Why are we here? What's going on? All this. How (laughs) old are you? Like, why do not you have your own life? Jason, there's so much. One of my big questions in this movie is... Like, she says she wants to leave. She acts like she isn't part of the scheme. She says she didn't know... She knows something's up. She even tells her brother, what you're doing is wrong, and stuff like that. She knows what's up, but she pretends she doesn't know what's up.
1: How much does Janet really... They can make the
0: whip hand, too, and Janet was actually really like a triple agent. Trying to make this movie more interesting, (laughs) I did think she's fooling everybody. She is. But also, this is the other thing I think, I wonder. If she really is clueless to everything, why would you bring her... If you're just going to be up there injecting people with bubonic plague <laughs> and all sorts of horrible disease, which is what her brother is doing. Yeah. He's going out there and helping them yeah. with this horrible scheme out where out they're, the where they're poisoning, pe- poisoning people. But what this conversation really leads to is her brother grounding her. He's leaving. He says, you can't leave the house. Grounding her is an odd thing because she really doesn't leave the house anyway. Exactly. She, I mean, she, did, she went to the movie it's not even movies it's a, the movie. That
1: movie it looked like it was a disaster movie or that was a newsreel <laughs> and there was like cats and dogs and people are laughing and everyone
0: yeah they're, they're, they're totally laughing and it was basically like MASH yeah. it's like when MASH would have a movie and this
1: is where I, my question is how much she knew because she does tell Corbin she says listen some of the people
0: involved are desperate and dangerous.
1: And why would she know that if she doesn't have some involvement in what's going on? Yeah,
0: because Matt comes over right after her brother leaves, has to loosen the bandage to have an excuse, (laughs) and he uses the phrase, what are they doing? He's like, a bunch of secrecy. What are they, quote, unquote, dropping an iron curtain over the town? (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. And she has this reaction look when he says that. Where it's almost, oh, whoa, he knows our secret. You know, something yeah. like that. So it's like, I'm convinced like either the reshooting, something along the way, they said, we can't, she can't be a communist, but we've already shot enough scenes of her reacting like a communist. Because she does, she reacts to that specific phrase. That's when he happens to see this oh. large collection of, it's like a series of volumes of books. Germs and their <laughs> effects by Wilhelm Buchholz. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he goes, "This is great." He goes, well, "I didn't notice these before." Yeah. And it's like it takes up a whole shelf. Like I thought you were a journalist, dude. <laughs> He's observant about everything, and he misses like the dozen volume set. Well, once of... again, that name is on the. He, and the he, he of the did book. an investigative report about this scientist, and it's
1: not till he opens up the book that has his name on it, and then he sees a picture, of it, and all of a sudden you see. Oh, Oh, my. Matt realizes it's that Wilhelm Buchholz.
0: Not the other germs and diseases, Wilhelm Buchholz.
1: That disappeared.
0: I've met several in my lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) Only one worked for the Nazis. You know, the U.S. did have... Operation. No, let's not go into
1: that. No, we have to mention it because really? that's what it's about. Yeah, they did have Operation Paperclip, okay. which was where sixteen hundred German scientists and engineers and technicians were taken from Nazi Germany after World War II to work on U.S. government programs. And they, the Soviets they, did the same thing. They were
0: sharing them. They were giving yeah. them up. Yeah, you know, it's not not our shining. No, medicine. it's not. <laughs> not. But the, not the Soviets not the did the high watermark.
1: But the Soviets did the same thing, and this is implying that they took. Because remember, this movie was originally about
0: Nazis, so they took no, Wilhelm. I, sorry, I, I didn't mean. To, I just, it's like, how far do we want to go with this? You know, be, no, because it, it is. We'll get to it, but in, in the end, at first, they are saying they want to capture this book all yeah. guy alive. I kept thinking, well, why would you want to do that?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Because he'll give you information or because you want to hire him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's it's like that is a CD thing about that whole cold war thing was yeah. you were constantly trying but yeah after world war II this guy and this guy with his germs and diseases there's a boom there's a light bulb moment for Matt. He's got
1: to get out of town now. You <laughs> Yeah, now he wants to leave.
0: And what's great is it's the push and pull of Winoga. You know, it's like, boy, boy, I want to come here, but now I got to leave. you come for the fishing, you just paid for the hospitality. <laughs> because now he's like, I got to beat it. They're like, no, you can't. It's too leave. late. Your, your car do not work. And that is a very ominous
1: scene where Loomis kind of leans right up to it and he's like, yeah, your car break. He's like, it, it, and Nate's like, it worked this morning where I drove it here.
0: I mean, Raymond Burr is great because he does this. It's that the subtle intimidation. Yeah, he even says something along the lines of like, well, come on, Corbin, might as well make yourself comfortable. Exactly, which
1: has an undertone where like, you know what, you're gonna be, you're, you're not going anywhere, you're not buddy. Going anywhere. So Matt, at the same time, is walking in. Chick walks out. And says, hey you have to lose your uh, camera? And-
0: well, no, I didn't, Chick. Because yeah. <laughs> he does. Okay, I just got to say it. Some Sometimes Matt Corbin sounds like Richard Pryor or Eddie Murphy doing the white guy voice or Dave Chappelle doing the white guy voice. Sometimes it is a
1: radio he, voice. It is. It's like, no, I sure didn't. And Chick's like, well, good, because I found this broken one as he's unspooling the film and exposing it. <laughs> Man, that'd be a bad day for me. It's yeah, bad like day even flinch. But he decides to go up to his room and type out a coded message.
0: Tells his editor, "Check issue dated April twelfth, nineteen forty six. That'll give you the answer." Yeah. So there's only one way you're gonna get this out. Yeah, it's
1: not gonna be through switchboard calling because the is they run the switchboard for the town and they listen to everything. So he's like, I'm gonna go and get Luther Adams involved, the owner of the general store,
0: the old man. But he doesn't go to the front door. He goes to the back door. And Luther tells him, you know, hey, what are you doing? That's the the, the front door is for business. <laughs> It's so old-timey, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he's like, well, I want to help you. Well, you, you know, I spent 79 years staying out of people's business. Luther at first wants nothing to do with it. Exactly. And then immediately he's like, whoa, 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 whoa there, sonny. Yeah. Don't tell me you're suspicious. Just tell me what you want me to do. <laughs> Which is great. I love that because he starts going into this blah, blah, blah. And Luther sort of shuts him down. And he says, I need to get this note out. And he gives it to him and he goes, well, this don't make no sense. And he's like, oh, that's the point. Can you just get it out? He's like, oh, I need some supplies. So he's going to call the delivery guy. And he calls the delivery guy. (laughs) We both crack up. Because now that Matt has what he wants... It's so mean because Luther starts talking about something. It sounds like he just he's made connection. Talks about seventy nine years.
1: Heart smooth as silk. Smooth as silk. Makes I've never heard that refrain. From never, never. I, 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 don't know if you
0: need, I don't know if you want a smooth heart. No, I want it strong. Yeah, I want it strong. <laughs> then he starts going on a little more. And man literally just yeah yeah whatever. Yeah, yeah just old timer. I don't. <laughs> I need to get out of here. Skip that. No, purpose. It was so Most rude. Was. He I was, felt sorry for that old I, man. He's like, he just, just put some over the tag to too. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you you felt that way, too, because I went, oh, you just used yeah. him. And now you're just being rude. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, in another place, Luther would just take that over to his little pot-bellied stove, toss yeah, the note right. in, go to heck with this young fellow. But he does
1: put an ne- extra order in, and he basically claims, Oh, you know, I'm just getting old, and I forgot to throw the Loomis's who are listening to this conversation off. I like that word because it's like, I need a case of
0: beets. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 50 pounds of sugar. 50 pounds of sugar is I'm a like, goodly like, amount. Like, who's buy <laughs> stuff <laughs> then, then, like, three crates of oranges, yeah. and, and, oh, better give me like 17 plugs of that chewing tobacco <laughs> yeah, I like. my favorite. The delivery shows up Matt is standing In his window On the second floor Looking down And as soon as The delivery driver Pulls up Nate is like Running Remember across that? the street Like I, can't I can't Miss a on. damn
1: thing Now it's interesting Because Matt is doing Something to throw Everybody off
0: He's writing a story He's
1: really right, But he's uh, writing The most the, bland story Ever and, and typing. The, <laughs>
0: But the great thing that The title of it The yeah. town that ran Loomis Out of fish
1: Even Luma's Looked at this And was like Ooh, This is yeah. This is not going To win any awards Matt <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i was like to see you've been up here all day i yeah. <laughs> uh, just like to see a, ray, a writer gets, people get really man. close to people in this movie like personal space does not exist in winoga I'm like, i don't know if nicholas Musarako is just like ah, i'm gonna try this for yeah. a new thing I'm, I'm just gonna keep the shot simple just get closer <laughs> i just picture him like nursing a bourbon and constantly yeah. going ah just stand closer Stay closer i'm closer. not moving the damn camera stand closer so, like Luther sneaks that note in, and let's just be honest, this note is super, super clear. But when it gets to the guy at Cash Produce, which Cash is produce the, company. the lady gives the guy the note, and it's the typewritten note that Matt has. Yeah. It's going to make sense to his editor. Yeah. And then Luther writes something along the lines of, Send this now. And the guy <laughs> basically looks at it and goes, Whoa, i better call luther and find out what this is all craziest about
1: thing someone's ever
0: asked me to do. <laughs> so he called basically this guy kills luther yeah. he's gonna have this hanging over his head the rest of his life calls luther he says hey uh luther what's this note here i mean the guy just keeps going for a while yeah but what do you mean just do what it says and it says send this note but the guy just pushes it i'm just not sure what you mean luther and meanwhile, of course, Loomis is listening, and nate's standing next to him. And as soon as they hang up, Loomis and Nate, and Loomis basically looks at him, and goes, yeah, you, "We know what we need to do. Luther's dead."
1: And then Corbin has left because it's a balmy night. He wants to go for a walk, and he is watching Keller's office for the doctor to leave from the shadows. But what he doesn't realize is Nate is watching him from some more shadows. <laughs> Janet who said, you shouldn't stay here. You sh-. But she's always telling him, like you just need to get out of town. It's not clear to her, this guy's not going to leave. No matter how often you say, you need to leave town.
0: But it sets up a great, I told you so. Near the end of the movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when he's like, I should have left. And she's like, dude. <laughs> this whole scene was just to get Corbin out of the
1: way. So when he returns to the general And he, kissed,
0: store, like, and he kisses her. you know, what I'm saying? I
1: thought was like, whoa. He puts his hands on her.
0: It's in a dark house. She's yeah. by herself. And he just basically it's jumps like, her. I'm staying for a little bit of this. I'm like, no offense. I mean, she's an attractive lady. Yeah. I can get her for one day. I can go to another city and not get shot at. Yeah. And there's lots of ladies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but he does, he's, he goes, well, I'm going to go back to Luther's and probably be rude again. And he shows up and there's Dr. Keller. And they're like, dude, Luther died of a stroke. Matt is just going, oh my God, did he have any idea? And Keller goes, man, you know, he, he was old. You know, and Luther knew his uh, heart was bad Ooh, a lot remember what we talked about before because this is going to be a really key thing matt's whole case is going this the keystone <laughs> is about something the old man said he does he brings this up a lot <laughs> afterwards sort of ridiculous so it gets to meet peterson
1: yeah because when he heads back to the inn from luther's austin like hey peterson's here and, and you'll have a
0: Chance to meet him,
1: and Peterson goes on and on about how much he wanted his privacy here. He's a privacy maniac. Privacy I, I have a mania, mania my for,
0: mania for privacy, and you know that's
1: why I came here. I'll be like, honest:
0: if anybody ever went on about their mania for yeah. privacy, I'd either think they were like some pretentious a hole, or I'd go, I go, just I can't be in a room with this person. A mania for privacy? Yeah. What is wrong with you? Get over yourself, you know. <laughs> And, and by the way, a mania for privacy. What's with all the people? All those people yeah. wrapped up like patients, like like you got a leper colony. It doesn't make a lot of sense. You got a leper colony over there with yeah. that Buchholz guy. When I see him in a picture, I know who he is. But when I see him in real life, I don't know who yeah, the hell the that idea. Guy is But Peterson, he really wants the Napoleon brandy too. This forty-year-old brandy that he gave to Loomis
1: at that time I was like, oh, I think they're going to try to point That's my first thought. Was like, they going to try to poison? They're going to try to force him to drink it. Well, it's I, like I just thought victim. Peterson was like really nice like to the Loomis, latest, like drink this. <laughs> It Drink, this. Worst, Drink this crazy. worst worst Satanist ever. <laughs> and then Matt lays out this whole story that he's concocted and Peterson has a good response. He goes, This these suppositions and conspiracies. We could honestly set everything clean. You can come over and visit the lodge
0: tomorrow. Drink this brandy now. <laughs> you can't walk away, it's forty-year-old brandy. Uncivilized. Which I got I mean, I'm not the biggest brandy guy, but you know, if you did have like a, a one of those, yeah. I'd go, ah,
1: yeah. You're in here for a drink? Not in
0: that situation. Yeah. But if I just came to your house. I
1: want a bunch of commies. I mean <laughs> I'm trying exactly. to forge you to yes, drink. It, it, Probably your last drink. Everybody giving
0: me sneaky looks. <laughs> it's interesting though because he stops and Keller and Loomis both do a like sneak look. Where exactly. They're, they're like, Ooh, is he gonna drink it? Is he gonna drink it? And that's why I thought, oh, it's poison. And, and he goes that's what I thought. And then he goes, No, I'm, I'm gonna keep a clear head for tomorrow. And Peterson picks it up, and he goes, it's such a shame. It's a crime to leave this. Yeah. And he drinks it. And you go, that's not poison. Or he's spent very many years building up a tolerance to Iocane, Iocane, to Iocane powder. <laughs> <I> knew it. <laughs> Pirate Roberts. Which, I'll tell you what, it, uh, I might turn down the brandy from the weirdo commies. Yeah. I'm not going to turn down this Baltic Maple Porter at all. Cheers. This is such a good beer. What would you eat with this? Pancakes. If you're on vacation or you're yeah. camping, that's acceptable. <laughs> <If you're> stra- <laughs> pancakes and sausage. Yeah. Links or patties? Uh, links. I'm a patties guy. <laughs> okay. I like making the patties. I like the, but if, it, if it's breakfast sausage, it's breakfast sausage. But yeah, oh, absolutely. It really is. I mean, like if you were camping and you were making pancakes over the fire and you had this sausage. my syrup for it. <laughs> let's share a can. Because it is, that's the thing. It's a 16 ounce can. Yeah. This is a big, big friendly hug. For the glory and power of beer. That's kind of their catchphrase. Isn't that awesome? Integrin. They make great stuff, man. And when you go there, I think I might have sent you pictures. They have, you know, kind of this two lions biting. That graphic is like over some of the the brewing area equipment. All of that beauty, attention to detail, goes into like where they're doing the brewing. They're taking stuff seriously. Just like we take this seriously. I know we laugh a lot. But we put a lot of work yeah, in. Yeah, we, 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 we do. We watch these movies a lot. Believe it or not, <laughs> I know the people listening to this might think, well, they just get drunk. They <laughs>
1: stumble through a No,
0: we put a lot of <laughs> we, effort. We like, do. we're both looking at typewritten notes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> about the whip hand. <laughs> <laughs> in its place an anti-communist hysteria. But not film cinema. noir. Do not come up. Do not roll up on it's, me it's calling this a film so noir. It's strange. There are a couple though we've come across it there are, there are a few movies that always pop up on these film noir lists The
1: Locket's another one by Nicholas Musaraka that comes up and we both agree that like it's a dramatic movie but no it's a film noir it's like a psycho drama not
0: and this one I think is even wow uh... Maybe not. Well, farther. So this,
1: this is the perspective is from a clean-cut American journalist. I imagine he was a varsity letterman at a local university. <laughs>
0: I mean, is he too young to have been in the war?
1: Well, he wrote his first story in '46, so I'm going to say that his backstory is he is a war correspondent.
0: Yeah, because he was He, a he, in he wasn't troop. a tough guy. Maybe, yeah,
1: but he. You, well, know, you know what? Robert
0: Mitchum's character was protecting <laughs> him in the war. <laughs> That's but like, later on,
1: we learn. I it's like, maybe he is a tough guy because he does something that seems really complete out of character for this. And I was like, whoa!
0: Not just out of character, but impossible. Yes. (laughs) Impossible.
1: (laughs) The last scene is, of course, the suspicious look, so you have to drink as Matt Corbin leaves the room. Oh, boy. Mr. Peterson (laughs) says, listen, we know how he knows this information. So I need you to go back, Dr. Keller, and get some more of that heart stimulant, because got to ixnay your sister, because clearly she's the one who's feeding this information. it's time. We don't need... A hysterical girl Right around here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so poorly worded. It's, it's so awful.
0: Yeah, even for that time. Yeah, it, that's a, that's a little rough. They give us throughout a couple of signposts that Keller is souring on the yeah. this whole scheme. I mean,
1: he he joined the Communist Party for other reasons. For yes. the Ladies. Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm not, not even gonna go. To, not, not even experiment on people. <laughs> no, I'm not taking the it's bait. It's for the parties, right? <laughs> <laughs> For the shared beer. Yeah, it's I, collective. I can go to anybody's house and drink their beer. Exactly. That's, what, that's what I thought communism like, was This is not working out for yeah, me. This, this poisoning they people. They have dressed like a Nazi spy it, all the time. This poisoning people, injecting the bubonic plague, and murdering my sister. This was not in the pamphlet, bro. No. You guys plied me with your Baltic porter. But he still, apparently, calls his sister and says, Hey, get some of that heart medication. Yeah. Bring it over. It's like, he can't go over and do it. He's going to have her bring the instrument of her death to him. I know. So rude. <laughs> he stinks. That's a crummy brother.
1: But we get a, a flash away to the American View magazine, and editor is clearly <laughs> trying to leave for the to get the 712. Is that the train he's trying to take? And his, I would assume at the time, secretary said, this note came in from Matt. You need to read it. Oh, he's does like, he
0: need some more money?
1: <laughs> I'm thinking like, what is Matt doing on vacations where he has like, everything. Like, out of money? Like, like, they
0: think he's just up to his eyeballs in, like, hookers and blow or something. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this, once again, one of these. Once again, it's like Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> it's like, oh, boy, he wants another one. Why is he, why is he in Miami? <laughs> yeah. and, then, and this is a good assistant because he's going, whoa, whoa, this issue.
1: And she goes, I thought you might want to see it. And she pulls Blanc. it out. Flips it over, and the title of the article by Matt Corbin is, Is Wilhelm Buchholz now working for the communists? Second line, famed Nazi authority on German warfare reported swallowed up by the
0: Iron Curtain. And Jason, (laughs) it's the same damn picture that's in the books. I know. Maybe maybe Matt's a visual learner. Matt writes
1: so so much about scientists disappearing behind the Iron Curtain. (laughs) One
0: scientist looks like all the other ones. So now Matt, he's on full on, I gotta get out of here and he goes to get Janet. He's at her window. And she goes, oh, well, I have this heart, this drug here. And if you if you take too much of it, you die. I was supposed to take to my brother. <laughs> and he goes, that's probably meant for you. Yeah. Your brother's going to kill you. <laughs> I mean, it's just such an awful thing. Because she realizes, oh, dude, my brother but, was going to kill me. She takes his complete word. She's trusted her brother for the
1: last four or five years in this town. And she's just going to take the stranger's word who said, yeah, you're I, that's clearly your brother's going to kill you. I mean, well, what, well, else, what else could it mean?
0: <laughs> well, and also this is also when he starts using the evidence where he goes, "Luther's dead and he told me his heart was fine."
1: Yeah, yeah, smooth as. Silk.
0: <laughs> Which he runs around, he uses this line a couple times. They told me he died of a heart attack, but Luther told me his heart was fine. This is all the evidence I need. Like He would go into court and just repeat over and over, Luther told me his heart was fine. Uh, he could not have died of a heart problem because he told me. He convinces
1: Janet to go with them. And well, first
0: they have to steal a canoe
1: from Luther's store. They make a, a whole bunch of noise but of course, <laughs> Nate, who has been so sneaky and running over and looking, once Luther's eyes, like, I don't need to set foot in that store ever again. <laughs> it's
0: totally true. Even though his dogs are. Like, I would think even there would be, like, a petty part of, of Nate that would go, I'm going to go over there and take as many biscuits as I Exactly. <laughs> you know? He's like, 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 eh. like he'd be already, like, pulling that barrel of biscuits out
1: in the middle of the it, street. It just doesn't seem right. It doesn't play well with me. But, anyways, they get the canoe and... And
0: they, they're leaving. They're running away, yeah. right? Oh, no, no, no. Matt's like, Wait, what? We have to go to the
1: compound.
0: They're trying to kill us, but we want to go across the lake to Peterson's compound. Which
1: I could actually wait in the morning and he'd take me a powerboat over. And, <laughs> so. and,
0: and we know that this <laughs> Wilhelm Buchholz is, is there.
1: <laughs> so they get over and Corbin looks into the window and sees very clearly it's Buchholz. It's, like, it's movie magic because... I am assuming that he cannot really hear what's going on unless these walls for this compound are like paper thin.
0: Except for the bulletproof glass. (laughs) He's got enough to poison the water and kill everybody
1: in Chicago. Yes, yeah, so that's what he goes through. He goes this litany vibe to develop the new receptacle. We could deliver it to these major cities. It'll kill everybody in Chicago. We can do it to other cities. Thanks to these human guinea giddy- Like, he's just running through the plots. Like, thanks to these human <laughs> guinea pigs. The, the
0: one I really remember was, like, bubonic plague. <laughs> yeah. Like, he throws out bubonic <laughs> was, plague. Like, all
1: these diseases that he's going to have. And, it, and I kept listening, like, oh, he is speaking with a thick German accent so sometimes I couldn't listen but you're right the only one I got was bubonic plague Some one sounded to be like the parrot plague I'm like well clearly that can't be right I've never heard of a parrot plague
0: I wouldn't want to get it
1: he's like this has all been possible by these human guinea pigs some who were fellow loyal communists who volunteered and others who were communists who were traitors and turned over for experimentation and then Corbin's like oh this is my story I got it now I'm going (laughs) to hightail
0: out there They set off some sort of alarm. Nate and Chick go to Loomis. They realize, hey, Janet Janet didn't bring that drug to kill her. Yeah. What's up with that? And they go over there like, dude, Janet's gone. What the hell? And so Loomis is like, better
1: get the boat, boys. Everything explodes at this time. There's guards everywhere. Some of the guards now have German accents.
0: Yes, and, and they're shooting at them in their canoe, and you're right, yeah, it's like suddenly now everybody's like, well, you know, to hell with it, now we can speak with our, yeah. so that makes me think, like, there are some people that are Russian, it's like the Americans, but there are also Americans who are sympathetic to yeah. what they're doing, I, but- I it, think it's a mixture of I, I, But I also think with the reshoots, it, this is a mess. Yeah, it's a mess right here. You just America. have to watch for the sneak looks yeah. and have a drink.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they find the canoe flipped, Loomis, Dang. Peterson- Keller. And they're You're like, dead. Oh, they're dead. Peterson does say, or check all the shoreline. We have to make sure they're gone. And so Chick sets up on one of the shorelines. Once again, dies because he litters. He throws trash into the lake.
0: Yeah, he's got a piece of gum. And right underneath him... It's it a little
1: is, overhang. Is Janet and Matt. And Matt has a clear idea of what he's going to do. And this is the scene where I'm like, whoa.
0: He somehow gets out. Gets above Chick. Reaches down, grabs him by the throat And chokes him out Chokes him to death
1: He doesn't have his hands all the way around It's like it's, it's on the, on the sides. sides almost like
0: he's massaging them yeah. or doing like like doing that, you know, rubbing the, he's trying trying to get his, you know, vascular system. I think it's like or, the
1: demons, you know, demons where they rip the throat out. I thought he was gonna do that, but it's just like ah That's
0: what we would do if we remade it. Yeah. He would reach down and rip the throat open. <laughs> and we, Push him into the lake. Yes, yes, absolutely. But he does, he chokes him out and doesn't take his gun. No. Yeah. And that's it for chick. And that's a good moral lesson. Don't litter.
1: Well, or, don't litter
0: and don't be just a rude person.
1: Yeah. Don't, don't be a communist underling. There's, or, a whole, there's a whole bunch of things we can learn from this. You know,
0: the communists could have learned a lot from that, you know? It <laughs> <laughs> was I, a brutal thing,
1: because first time Matt looks, like, his hair is the first time it's out of place, <laughs> he's, like, just choking, and there's, like, sweat right. on his forehead. Yes. I'm like, this must have been an early shot. <laughs>
0: But then Matt and Janet, they're, they're, like, booking it through the woods. Yeah. And this is, we get another little piece of cinema. Se- sex. yes, this is the view of women. Because she's swoony, she can barely walk, and, and he goes, well, we better get somewhere because we can't handle this. Yeah. Can't handle walking through the woods.
1: Yeah. When he, as I, like you saw at the very beginning of the movie, he
0: stumbles when he's fishing by himself. He bumped his head and everything, his whole world stopped. Jason, I, I can show you scars everywhere that were much worse than that that I really didn't think about. You know, it's like I went about my day. He bumped his head and he went, everything stops until I see a doctor. When they're stumbling through, of course, they go, oh, they find a cabin. Let me tell you, Wisconsin folk are good folk. You see a cabin in the woods. You're totally cool to walk up okay. to it in the middle of the night. You're going to get help. And that's what they get. They Mabel. get Mabel. Can you you got a way to get us somewhere? So like, I got a panel truck. I can drive that and she's like, "So can I?" You know, which I kind of love
1: because <laughs> well, you know under communism, everybody has to pull their fair
0: share. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Washington D.C. Better call McIntyre and Duluth. And where is Duluth?
1: You're from the Midwest. Where Where is
0: Duluth? Is like Northwestern. It's a little far. It's a little north of where I lived. I grew up in Iowa. Duluth is up on the on, on Lake Superior, Minnesota, Wisconsin okay. border. McIntyre's, Mcintyre works out of Duluth. and you know what? He might be kind of you know he might not be that busy. Duluth uh-huh. might not be as busy as the Twin Cities yeah. or Milwaukee. They might have their hands full they, there. So you know
1: the Feds are coming now. The Feds are going to close in on this because you just have a cutaway scene where McIntyre's in the office and he pulls up the teletype and then he makes a call. That's it. There's
0: it's, no dialogue. It's great because that's that's how they move. Just move <laughs> like the night. So back to the old woman. She's driving him and she stops to tell Jed. The first time I saw this, I, I went, no, this isn't
1: right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Because, first of all, she's like, why don't you guys come in and sit a spell? And then she stops here, and she's just honking her horn, waiting for Jed to come out. You go, what are you doing? And she goes, well, I'm going to tell my husband, leave a message. I go, why don't you just leave a note at home? Yeah. Like, your husband's going to go home first. <laughs> I don't think your husband's going to stop at Jed's. Anyway, it was, a, it was very suspicious. It to was, me. It's,
1: it's so suspicious. You didn't trust it. The so, they,
0: they move on.
1: Janet... And Matt have a heart to heart discussion, and Jan's first thing is, I can't believe my brother is a
0: communist, which is
1: a great line. <laughs> it it
0: really—that's like a title. Yeah, that's not just a line. <laughs> that's a title from a book back yeah. then. You know, like Reaper Madness. Yes. This would be. I can't believe my brother is a communist. And ways you can tell your brother is a communist. <laughs> he shares his things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks you should share your things. <laughs>
1: and then Matt's response is, well. Either he was that, or he enjoyed what he's doing. So he's either that, or he's a sociopath. He likes experimenting on people.
0: <laughs> it's either or. I hate to pile on Janet, because, I mean, the character, she did not have a lot to work with, but it's like, you sure are dim. Like, your brother was up, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on there that you should have known something. This is shady, shady stuff.
1: And Matt asks her outright, Janet, you must have known what was going on here. And she just looks at him as like, Matt, you got to believe me, I didn't know, and he's like, oh, "Okay, and yeah, he like, that's all I needed to hear." I mean, <laughs> that's it. I completely trust you now.
0: That's one of those like, Ugh. "Okay, <laughs> if you didn't really know, you are dumb." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but that's why I also think she's lying. This is where we could write the whip hand 2. Boom, a sequel, <laughs> the whipper hand. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well this is what we finally realize, like Mabel just brought him directly back to Loomis.
0: Yeah, Loomis is there, Nate. Matt tries it really he tries to fight them both. Yeah, you know, I mean you have a to. Yeah, not a lover. Yeah, <laughs> and he gets knocked out <laughs> and gets taken to book halt who does the Bond villain thing where he's yes. going. No, I've got everything I need. I'm gonna kill everybody. And he has the great line. You, I think you got because <laughs> he's got. He does. He's got this this litany of just woo poisons and diseases and germs. And I love that it's like he's like I got thousands of people all over who are going to release this crap. The feds roll up and they're outside. And it, clearly it's McIntyre.
1: He's like, "Listen, Washington says we are playing for keeps." He's like, "If Corbyn is right, these
0: communists are going to be trigger happy. So look sharp." I wrote it down. You wrote that. <laughs> they really did because we're we're playing for keeps. We're playing for keeps. It's like yeah, we're playing for babies. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we get this. Maybe we don't. I don't know. You know. And they're trigger happy. It's like it's like wait, you guys just go in shooting. Like you With guys Tommy just got. just blowing shit up left and right. Like you just. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like
1: line, man, other guys have like it looked like twenty twos, and they have like Tommy gets. Guss... <nty trumpet> <laughs> it's like who's trigger happy? You guys are just shooting the shit out of this place for God's sake. <laughs> they're rushing the compound. There's a gunfight. Okay, a couple things happen.
0: They're in there. They're shooting the place up. Craziness. We go, Matt is being held by Nate in a room. Because Buchholz has said, you and Janet are going to be guinea pigs. Yeah. Have fun. going to really you up with a bunch of diseases. Not <laughs> what I'm going to sign up for. Yeah, exactly. But so he's in a room with Nate. And he does the old, hey, can I get a smoke? Yeah. And Nate goes, eh, why not? Yeah. You know, you're going to die anyway. I'll give you a smoke. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. you got a light? Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, ah! <laughs> Beat him up. It's like the oldest trick in the book. And then meanwhile, Peterson is telling Keller he's got to kill his sister, which makes no sense because Bookholtz had just said, I'm going to make you a guinea pig. I'm going to do a bunch of horrible things to you. Peterson and Keller would shoot out like three feet apart. <laughs> it's great over
1: over jan's body you know she's laying there and she's like please don't shoot me
0: it's great because peterson's going do it do it do it it's like well why don't you do it exactly. and then he goes i'm gonna color <laughs> is clearly not cool with it yeah. so he goes over to his bag and he sneaks in he's like mm-hmm. comes out the gun <laughs> it's like judo chop it's, no. like, it's, it's so ridiculous everything all hell's breaking <laughs> loose and then they come in and they find the observation room all the laughter aside to me, it is like such a mind blowingly awful thing, the idea of like human experimentation yeah. doing doing this to humans yeah. that Buchholz has been doing because the FBI runs in and Bookholz is in a room yeah. and that's where all the people are, they're bandaged up, these people have stuff all over their face, and it, they've just been injected with horrible diseases. This this guy's just yeah. been experimenting on them and Bookholz is in there and he's got like a detonator and, he, and he, they shoot at it and it's bulletproof and he's just he's just being the classic villain. He's like, ah, you can't do that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not even going to try to do the accent. And McIntyre's like, you talk like a crazy man. <laughs> he does. Literally a line from it. You talk like a crazy man. And, and I'm like, no, he is a crazy man. He doesn't talk like one. He is. <laughs> like, one. He is he's nuts. The guy's trying to do this. He's like, I'm going to blow this whole place up. And they're like, well, you're going to blow yourself up too. And it's like, you didn't think he thought of that? It's going to blow the place up and it's going to release a bunch of crap. Everybody's every- going to die. There's no, not going to be American. Americans Because left. it's going to kill everybody who stands in the way, way of, of communism. communism.
1: <laughs> that's like McIntyre is trying to talk sense to him. It's like, Dr. Buchholz, the Nobel Prize Committee recognized you as a scientist who did the most to benefit mankind. It's like, and I'm not going to do the accent either, but it's great if you could do it. It's like, I am benefiting mankind by ridding the world of all the people who stand in front of communism. <laughs> but what's happening to Matt? Matt's using this time. Oh, he
0: well, he's saying to Keller. He's he, he's going, dude. You got a key, a key for that room, because he's in there, and I'm going to get him. So he gives him the key, and he sneaks up behind him as he's giving his grand speech. There's Buchholz giving this speech. <laughs> And Matt's sneaking up behind him, which that would be a drink too, just because yes. it's a sneaky move. It's a sneaky move. That's also the sneak look, but it's a sneaky move. I would say this is, because the sneak looks are behind yeah. us at this point. He runs up, bam, knocks the detonator out of Buchholz's hand, knocks him down. And it's very much like the movie Freaks moment, where they All get the her.
1: people of the experiment basically start beating on him and... They basically like, they kill him. My
0: guess is it didn't end well for him. No, no. That no, night. No. He said some of those people were, were good,
1: loyal communists who volunteer. They clearly didn't like him either at this point. Like, like, I could see the traitors they threw in there, but he did say that there were some people who volunteered. <laughs> like, they're all beta So that's the
0: end. Then like, you get like, wh- newspaper headlines like American View. Yeah. Matt and Janet kiss, and it's like all this. Oh, they They get married, newlywed. Yeah,
1: Corbin and his newlywed. Yeah,
0: Yeah, Jason. The American government had no interest in Janet. They believed her. Apparently, makes me think she's a sleeper agent. At that time, she would have been like holed up in a place for a long time because they go, "You were living there for four to five years with these people, and you're telling us you didn't know anything." I don't know. Yeah, no. So I, that's why I, I think agree. maybe we need to be cracking. <laughs> Beer B movies productions presents the, the whip hand, the whipper too. hand, the whipper hand. <laughs> <laughs> the whipping, whip hand two, the whipping. <laughs> As we chuckle ourselves, very Loomis like, to the end of this episode, I have to ask you: Do you recommend this movie? It's not
1: a great movie, but it's a fun, decently acted, quick. Completely B movie genre movie. And I do like it. It's one of these movies that reminds me if they they would still have a show like on Sunday that would show like matinees of older or forgotten films. This is a a clever little quick film that it's fun to watch. I've grown to really enjoy it. As Michael will point out, it's a great drinking game.
0: This might be the best drinking game movie (laughs) we've had so far. It has Raymond Burr in it who does an excellent job. Raymond Burr is is awesome. I mean, the acting across the board. It's good. It's really solid. Yeah. I don't know. even Chick, who's, who's sort of just a stoic, doesn't have a lot of lines, but that guy does a good job. Nate is just a weaselly yeah. little guy. He looks like the kind of guy that is going to sneak in.
1: Yeah, it was Archeo production. It was a quick production. It's exactly what a B movie was supposed to be at this time. We're so far removed of this anti-communist red scare hysteria that it's interesting to go and see a movie made at this time that was really like, hey, you got to be careful because even in small-town America... The Reds could get in. Now, this was like really overblown, but still it was a thought at the time. I, I, I thought it was
0: based on a true story.
1: Yeah. It a bit from the headlines for American View. I <laughs> <laughs> thought it was interesting that the director, like William Menzies, is that that's how you say his name? William yeah. Cameron Menzies? Like he won two Oscars. Not for directing. <laughs> But for, you know, our production for, for production design, production yeah. design,
0: like that. That term he, he, came I, about. I, I thought it was interesting. He, he was one of those. It's always fun when you get to some of these movies in mm-hmm. that mid-century because you get these people who did so much so work much. in the silent era. And I'm like, oh, you had to and, do a lot with visual.
1: He won an Academy Award at the first Academy Awards in 1929 for direction. Yeah. yeah. If you're looking, if you're hunting for some different movies to watch, and you want something, watch something quick, something fun that's enjoyable, and you look at it and you're like, ah, oh, that was a kind of a fun movie. I- I'd recommend it. What about yourself?
0: I would recommend this for for similar reasons. I will never get the title. the title. I will never understand it. When you first brought it, I thought, what in the hell is this? Then I watched it, and I thought, this is kind of goofy. You know, the more I watched it, it, it grew on me, and, and I thought, well, this is fun. Again, Raymond Burr is fantastic. He, he is. is so good. The acting across the board, and it's great to hear that the guy who played Matt Corbin even said, it's like, this is a, this should have been a Roger Robert Mitchum type of role. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, I, and I can see that in my brain. You know, he did what he could with it. It's fun. It's quick. Always oh, like loathe yeah. to sort of say the time of a movie, yeah. but it's an hour and 20 minutes. It does capture that time. People were scared they of their were. neighbors. If their neighbors were doing something weird, yeah. they thought that might be a communist. So it's like this... I will say one of the reasons I recommend it is it's is, it is, it's a great drinking game. Oh, yeah. It's not it's not boring. We've had boring. Oh, yeah. We've had some boring. It's, oh, you're not talking about The Seven Victim, are you? <laughs> God, that movie was boring. You know I'm talking about that because I think you feel the same way. It's just when it, when it's your pick, you have a tough time saying, like, this movie was a drag. <laughs> it's like, I can admit, the, the Ghost Keeper wasn't that great. It does It haunts me, but... And I can admit the beating sucks. <laughs> it's just awful. <laughs> you have a tough time with the seventh victim, who is <laughs> boring as hell. So no, but th- no, this movie is just fun. It's just, it's just a silly romp. Now the Baltic Maple Porter from Enneagram. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I can
1: recommend the hell out of this. Cheers. This, this beer is great. And this is a, this is a lead up. The next episode after this will be 50 episodes. This is our that's, lead in. That's a number feat. 49.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm going big. <laughs> We're going big on the beer. Yes, I mean this Baltic maple porter is this. This is not for the faint of heart. Oh no! Do not put these down and go fight the communists. Yeah, no,
1: you will you will lose <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: unless they've been doing it too, and then we just might have some like really like ugly fight in the mud.
1: This might provide some liquid courage,
0: but uh, oh well, it give you the liquid courage. But then sometimes you also need the coordination. That's true. That's true. So if you can handle it. You know what? Instead of fighting, have, have a Baltic Maple Porter. Share it with them. Sit down, have a chat. With the Reds. I, I bet you would end up finding out, hey, we both like B-movies. We both like beer. We have a lot more in common than most people well, want a, to that's think. That's a
1: very positive thing. I was going to end it with, like,
0: better dead than Red. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be positive here, you know? I mean that's that's what we're trying to do, right? Yes. We we want we want people to escape. There's enough negative in the world. We want to be a positive depot. And so,
1: once again, thank you for sponsoring us on this episode. Oh, oh
0: terrific! Integrin, yeah. Thank you guys. I'm a huge fan. I know Jason's becoming a huge fan. Absolutely. I send their stuff to friends, and they're always like, "Whoa, okay, can you send more of this?" <laughs> and I'm like. Well, you gotta send me something. This is, this isn't a one way trip. This isn't you know you're going to Canoga to yeah. blow yourself up and turn yourself into some yeah. disease monster. This is a friendship. <laughs> you gotta send me beer. So no, yeah, Integran is. Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting us. You've been great. It's I love visiting you. Can't wait till we get to go there. Absolutely. Because it, it's so much fun. It's just a great spot. Great place to just have a beer, have a conversation. Well, I think that wraps things up. I think it does. Please like, subscribe, and comment wherever you listen. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And check out our website. This is Beer and Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. My brother's a communist.